Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Restored Clemson against South Carolina in the Palmetto State 16 to 7. And the program that has made this state proud over the last decade is once again in its rightful place on top of the Palmetto rivalry. My name is Mark Ryan. He is Diesel, and we are great to be uh, thrilled to be back together again with you here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. Hope you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Wonderful to be here. Here's how you guys can be a part of the show. You can give us a ring at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-326-3663. And the carpro.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word FAN. And away you go on the show. Coming up on the show today. Oh, my goodness gracious. We've got Jim Zoki of the Carolina Panthers. Right when you would want Jim Zoki of the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers make a change. Remember, Jay Glazer about three weeks ago said that the hottest seat in the NFL is Frank Reichs. And Jim Zoki said at the time, um, look, we're not going to really respond to hot takes. He called it a hot take. Now Frank Reich is unemployed. How hot of a take was it? Uh, much more on, on Frank Reich and why he's not really the problem. Uh, we've got the teams that are getting the most out of the least in college football this year. We've got all of your scenarios for the college football playoff. We've got Chris Phillips. We've got Cole Bryson. We've got the top five at five. We've got Diesel and I predicting the four teams that are ultimately going to make the college football playoff. And we have you here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. You know, I don't per- particularly think 
that I told you so radio is great radio. You guys don't care about that. You guys like to call us out when we're wrong. It's not really entertaining to you to hear I told you so uh, when we are right. I will tell you that my score for Clemson, South Carolina, do you notice which name comes first in that rivalry right now? Clemson, South Carolina, rule number six of sports fandom. You win the most recent rivalry game. Your name goes first. My score was 26-17 to 17, Clemson. That is a nine-point margin. The actual margin of the game on Saturday night was nine points, was 16-7. to seven. Uh, And the best, the single best and most talented quarterback that South Carolina has ever possessed was only capable of putting up 112 yards and seven points against this all-world Clemson defense. What an incredible performance defensively from Clemson in this game. And, you know, to think, you know, like, okay, we're always comparing conferences, right? Where is the ACC in reference to the SEC? You know, Kentucky just went on the road and beat Louisville a week after they lost to South Carolina. And then you're watching the Gamecocks a week after they beat Kentucky. And really, it's just the entire game. In a 60-minute game, folks, there's 3,600 seconds. There wasn't a single second of that game where I felt like Clemson was threatened. Not a single second. If you're a Gamecock fan and you're honest with yourself, for a single second of that game, did you think your team was going to win? Like, it didn't feel that way at all to me at any point in the entirety of that game. You know, Clemson just systematically body blow after body blow after body blow demoralized the Gamecocks, demoralized the Gamecocks, demoralized Gamecock Nation, and made it obvious who the uh, better to, better of the two teams in this rivalry was. I mean, I had Gamecock Nation, Mark, lashing out at me for making very clear comparisons. And I, this, this, I knew this was going to ruffle some feathers. I knew this was going to piss some people off when I said it. I said Spencer Rattler chose poorly, transferring to South Carolina. A dozen other programs would have made him a top three pick. South Carolina wasted him and pushed him to the second or third round. I also compared Cade Klubnick when he threw into double coverage there in the first half to, uh, I said he, he must have been watching a lot of Spencer Rattler tape this week, and I had Gamecock fans coming at me saying, how dare you? Don't even go there. And then, you know, uh, you talk about you do the research, even if it doesn't support what, you, what your point was, you still have to put it out there. This supported my point perfectly. Because I looked at their profiles, their player profiles. 19 and 7 interceptions or touchdowns to interceptions for Spencer Rattler. 19 and 7 touchdowns to interceptions for Cade Klubnick. They were identical quarterbacks, touchdown to interception ratio on the season. And, and but we know, as, as we know, Diesel, that Spencer Rattler's a far better quarterback. Well, of course he's he got, is. He's got no offensive line, he's got no weapons. He's but got tell me what's that, what that's worth when you go to a team that, that can't do anything around you. Right. No, I mean, you're exactly right. And we said on this show, guys, last week, we said, look, if the turnover margin is even, Clemson wins comfortably. If the turnover margin is South Carolina plus one, Clemson wins a close game. All right. If the turnover margin is South Carolina plus two or more, the Gamecocks win. And the Gamecocks open the game by giving Clemson their only touchdown of the game. You know, I can't think of anything more demoralizing, uh, more demoralizing than 
having, you know, not having a chance to do anything, realizing that Clemson doesn't have much interest in putting touchdowns on the board either, because why take the risk when they don't have to? You got a mistake-prone quarterback, why take any risk? Why take any chance when all you have to do is run the ball up the middle and there's not a darn thing South Carolina can do about it? And it, you know, honestly, guys, and I know we talk about it and we hype this rivalry up for 365 days, the game wasn't much to look at, if I'm honest with you. You know, like my strategy in this one was flipping back and forth between the Sunshine Showdown, Florida, Florida State, Clemson, and South Carolina. I felt like the Sunshine Showdown had a lot more drama in it, right? Um, I so felt is that the actual name of the matchup, Sunshine Showdown? Who's coming up with this crap? It's like calling it the Red River Rivalry. It's hard to say. Stop giving us three-word le- three uh, three names that all start with the same letter. Yeah, so they're all politically correct uh, nonsense. What was it called before? Uh, I don't remember. Sunshine Slugfest? That's better. Yeah, it is. Easier to say. Well, I'll tell you, like, I I just thought that was a more interesting game than what I was seeing. Like, you know, the Clemson, South Carolina, you're watching the game and you're waiting for something to happen. And, you know, Jonathan Weitz was the MVP. If he had made one of those field goals against, uh, against Florida State, the outcome of the season may have been different for uh, for Clemson, but he was the MVP of the game. Clemson won. If I told you guys before this game that Clemson was not going to score an offensive touchdown, this would have been the most quiet week in the history of offsides last week in terms of Clemson fan participation. Everyone would have said, oh, my gosh, we're not going to beat South Carolina without an offensive touchdown. You're not going to score an offensive touchdown in the game. And And Clemson not only won – but won comfortably in a way in which they, it, like no one ever felt like they were threatened. 319 total yards for Clemson is a pretty mediocre offensive effort. 169 yards for South Carolina is a pathetic effort. You know, the one thing South Carolina could do was move the football, except when you go against Clemson and you can't run the football, you have no time to throw the football, you have no time to allow routes to develop down the field, right? And you've got, South, you've got Spencer Rattler running for his life. I thought you made an interesting point, Diesel. You said, um, do you think Spencer Rattler regrets his decision to go to South Carolina? And it's not like against an opponent like Clemson, he's having any chance to showcase himself, you know? It's not like that chance is presenting itself. Spencer Rattler was a good soldier the entire year behind nothing, behind an offensive line that was offensive, between literally one weapon on the team, Xavier Leggett, that Clemson is more than capable of shutting down, and they did. You know, you present one weapon to Clemson, you have no shot. Notre Dame had no shot. And, you know, like what happens every single year in a rivalry game is you have – Fans of both sides prevent, presenting stats, convincing themselves that they're going to win. South Carolina, Shane Beamer's 8-1 at night. 8-1 at night. Las Vegas says, we don't care about night, day, noon, 3.30. We care who the better team is in the game, right? Care who the better team is. You know, um, you guys are there's – there's so many jumping off points here and so many different – 
areas in which to discuss. I've had a few conversations today about Clemson's bowl game. What I can tell you is the opponents, the possibilities are far better than you ever would have imagined. Uh, I have seen LSU's name thrown out. I've seen a rematch with DJ Uyunglele. That was shared with me today in a phone conversation. So if there's the football a- gods are out there watching, that's what they would do? Yeah. That's what they would do. There, there's also been a rumor that there might be a, a situation to put App State and West Virginia in a, in a bowl game together, see who the real Mountaineers are. Who's Florida playing in a bowl game, Diesel? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I, I will say this, guys. There's a lot of Gamecock fans. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You know, not only are, are we getting this diesel, but then I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to learn the words of the alma mater of the fight song for my dear friend Melissa Level of uh, of Ingalls Markets. Remember that bet? We had that. Look, I I felt there's no moral victories at Florida. I felt um, I felt Florida for much of the game was in a good position to win that one, and um, and Billy Napier screws it up again. For somebody you know, who's such a joy to be around, I know you were dreading seeing her. Oh, she's she's <laughs> she is a joy to be around, and I'm not looking forward to that at all, Diesel. Not looking forward to that at all. Uh, but it, it, is, it is very interesting to me how, like, South Carolina fans, they just want to throw Florida's failure at me. What does that have to do with you? You know? Like, it, it, it shouldn't make you feel any better that Florida's season was a failure, too. That shouldn't make you feel any better. You know whose schedule in America was the toughest to get to six wins? The Florida Gators. Doesn't make me feel any better, right? Even though you had the toughest schedule to get to six wins, you lost to Arkansas. Arkansas's only win in the SEC was against you. All right? That doesn't make me feel any better. You know, like, well, what about your team, Mark Ryan? Talk about your team. No, no, no. Like, I am a fan of my team. My team failed. Okay? My team failed. We cover South Carolina. South Carolina failed. Your team spit in the face of victory, Mark. That's also true. That, 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 definitely, that definitely happened. But my team also beat South Carolina, right? My, my team beat South Carolina. So, guys, I'll share this with you. Will Muschamp, 22-17 and 17 through three years at uh, South Carolina. Shane Beamer is 20-18. and 18. The difference between those two coaches – right now i mean will muschamp will muschamp looks good compared to shane beamer right now in all honesty and i'm just going to ask you guys you know when are results going to matter to you you know when do results matter you know and and you know again i don't think billy napier is the right guy at florida i don't i i think when you acknowledge that um when 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 you know something must happen eventually you should do it immediately. All right. Billy Napier only does what he has to do offensively. Whenever Florida has the lead against anybody, he runs the ball three times up the middle. There's no aggression. There's no anything. I don't think Billy Napier's the right guy at they Florida. They got to get that guy out. They got to get him out. I don't think he's the right guy. Now, if you are arguing the other side against Shane Beamer, there's no point in making a comparison because I, I don't think Napier's the right guy. This freaking okay? Beamer. You guys are arguing that Beamer is the guy, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just simply saying to you, at what point do results matter? Shane Beamer forever. It's now the end of year three. 
right? It's now the end of year three. Will Muschamp's winning percentage was 564. Shane Beamer's winning percentage is 526, right? Um, next year, a year in which Will Muschamp, year four, went four and eight. Okay, he went four and eight in year four. Um, Beamer will have to win six games next season to match and seven wins next season to surpass Will Muschamp. There's only going to be so long that you guys can still defend this total mediocrity, right? And you never know what's going to happen with different opponents next year, right? You never know. I look at South Carolina's schedule. I see Old Dominion, Akron, and Wofford on the schedule. Um, Wofford's couldn't be an easier opponent. Akron, Old Dominion, right? But then, you know, like, I'm not here to judge what Missouri is going to be next year. Is Missouri going to be closer to what they are this year or closer to what they always are? Seven and five, six and six, five and seven. Who knows? Is Ole Miss still going to be good next year? Who knows? But I can tell you, this is a very, very challenging schedule for South Carolina. And at some point, the wins and losses have to matter, right? Will Muschamp was fired in year five as South Carolina's head coach. And he was fired with a record right around 500. Okay? If you want to give Shane Beamer six years, give him six years. But you don't typically get that. You don't typically get six years to produce in the modern era. I think Shane Beamer's on the hot seat. I think Shane Beamer should be on the hot seat. Diesel agree or disagree with that? Shane Beamer enters 2024 on the hot seat. Agree or disagree? Absolutely. Uh, you could see Shane Beamer fired by week number six or seven if it starts off rough, if you lose games that you shouldn't lose, or you're really close, tight in those games that you should be able to win easily. Because let's face it, South Carolina's schedule is not getting any easier. And if you can't get the easy wins on your schedule, man, it's going to be an ugly Ugly start to the season. We'll see what happens with the transfer portal this offseason. Shane's been okay in the portal, not great in the portal. I mean, he's been pulling in guys that were playing, you know, FCS football last year. Uh, it's uh, he's not he's not really producing any major talent in the portal. Um, so he's going to have to do something major this offseason to uh, to to be able to win those games comfortably and keep his job. Otherwise, again, I could see it by week six, seven, eight next year him getting fired, and South Carolina wanting to get an early start on the coaching carousel in 2024. Shane Beamer's trying to win in the SEC with a group of five or an FCS offensive and defensive line. You're seeing how that goes, right? You have an NFL quarterback. He can produce seven points when you have a group of five or FCS offensive line trying to win in the SEC. Texter says, man, that was darn embarrassing this weekend. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, That was damn embarrassing this past weekend when South Carolina played Clemson. First of the two three offensive plays South Carolina made at the beginning of the game resulted in turnovers. Secondly, these jokers came out wearing biker shorts with no knee pads, and I saw it too. I believe wide receivers – get injured from getting hit on the knee. What in the hell is Shane Beamer doing? And how does he allow this to happen? Xavier Leggett looked like an idiot out there with his half shirt and biker shorts out. And then they go out and they crap the bed and lose the game, Mark. Beamer's got to go. So says a texter. 
Uh, Texter says, Mark, Clemson played lights-out defense this weekend. Boom, out of here. And then some. Texter says, Mark, sometimes <laughs> I feel like I can hear you smiling and laughing through your intros. LOL. I hate to say that I told you so, but I told you so. You're not the only one who can hear that, Texter. Texter says, Mark, Clemson could not even score a touchdown on our defense. One lucky play got their touchdown. Texter, who won the game? Who won the game? You know, like, again, Clemson did what they had to do, and there wasn't a single second of that game, a home game, a night game, not one second of that game that I feel Clemson was really threatened. Didn't score an offensive touchdown. Not a single Clemson fan would have felt like they won that game if you told them that fact beforehand. The reality is, didn't score an offensive touchdown, were never threatened. Uh, yeah, and then there's this point. Mark, South Carolina can't beat a team with the flu. As we now know, they were getting IVs after pregame warm-up. Dabo Sweeney coached that game like he was coaxing a team through the flu. Okay, guys, just give me a couple more plays. We'll slow it down. We'll slow it down after this. couple more plays. Texter, uh, Mark, Mark, thanks, Mark. I just realized I was slightly right, too. I predicted 31-22. Nine is the difference. One yay for me as a Gamecock fan. Uh, Texter says, I'm old enough to remember when Mark said Nick Harbour. Let me see here. I'm old enough to remember when Mark said Nick Harbour would be a huge weapon for Rattler. Seriously, though, it's inarguable that Rattler wasted his time on a program like South Carolina. Dude got the hell beat out of him all night. I actually gained respect for him after that beatdown. Texter, hey, look, I believe Nick Harbour's a hell of a prospect. It's not up to me to know how to use him, okay? That's up to South Carolina to figure that out. They didn't. It was Xavier Leggett and nothing. You don't beat Clemson with one. You don't beat that defense with one bullet in your pistol. You don't, all right? Guys, we've got much more on this uh, a, a great win from the Clemson perspective. How much patience are you guys willing to have with Shane Beamer moving forward? You're listening to the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. You guys tell us, are we covering this game fairly? Are we being objective? Are we right down the middle? 
It seems to me we are. And I think the most humiliating thing for a Gamecock fan in that game is that you know that Clemson beat you not really taking the vehicle over 30 miles an hour the entire game. You know, they're just kind of sputtering along and they're beating you without any trouble. You know, they don't have to throw the ball. They don't have to do anything dangerous. They don't have to try trick plays. You know, they're beating you going in slow motion. You know, and I commend the Gamecock audience. I commend Williams-Brice Stadium, right? I really do for creating a hostile environment, you know, but once it was obvious that all the applause and cock-a-doodle-doos and noise weren't doing anything and weren't going to change a damn thing about that game, can you blame the fans for being demoralized at that point? I can't. All the cock-a-doodle-doos in the world weren't going to change the fact that Clemson was beating you, driving the vehicle 30 miles an hour. That's all they had to do. Let's get to Mongo, who has been hanging patiently on the line. Mongo, hope you and yours had a happy Thanksgiving, brother. Uh, No excuses, Mongo. Today's your day to take it on the chin. None. I have zero. See, it's my opinion that you can have excuses up to 24 hours after the game because that's when the wound is still fresh. What I'm seeing out of my fellow Gamecock fans out there is a lot of butthurt when we were giving it to Clemson and we laid it on thick for 365 days. And it's like they don't have the skin to be able to take it. And that's part of this rivalry. You have to be able to take it. And and it's kind of it's kind of nerd behavior to not be able to take it. So I think any Gamecock fan out there right now that's still trying to clap back at Clemson fans, you should go ahead and give yourself a swirly and stuff yourself in a locker because – you're not part of, of what I consider the Gamecock fans, okay? You have to be tough to be a Gamecock fan. you got to have thick skin, and I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I can take it on the chin. Johnny Carrots and Shadow, and that's another thing. I am so glad that Donald Trump showed up to the game on Saturday to talk Shane Beamer into letting uh, Shadow of Death Valley out of the, the, the dungeon at williams Bryce Stadium because he's been missing for like a month. And then he showed back up Sunday morning. So I think Trump went down there to negotiate Shadow's release. Um, but that being said, I, I, I implore my Gamecock fans out there, thicken up, boys. Thicken up. Thicken up. We, we gave it to them. We got to take it now. Now, Mongo, let me ask you this. Is Beamer on the hot seat? <sighs> to me, in my opinion, no. Why? I like Shane Beamer. Well, uh, it's not about whether you like him. There's a lot of people we like I, that don't get the job done, and we got to replace them. I, I think it's. I don't think his seat's hot. I think it's warm. I think it's okay. warm. I think he needs to have some some serious results next year. With what I'm seeing in the class that's coming in, he needs to have some results. There needs to be at least seven wins next year, at least. If there's not seven wins next year. Or if we mess around and lose, I agree with Diesel. You mess around and lose to a Vanderbilt or something like that, he's out. They'll they'll toss him. And as much as I like the guy, as much as I think he's one of us, at, at some point you got and and you know and the thing is is if they do fire Beamer, at some point Ray Tanner has to really open the checkbook and get a a really good coach in up there. Stop hiring must champs and and as much as I like the guy, stop hiring a Beamer. Go get a good coach. 
Yeah, and everyone always says, well, who are you going to get that's better? Duke found a guy that was better. Now he's going to Texas yeah. A&M, right? But it's not yeah. like exactly. it's up that that's why you're the athletic director. It's your job to do the research and to be able to predict who is the next coach that's going to pop. When, when the Gamecocks gave Beamer the gig, Mongo, they gave him his dream job. I mean, think of the yeah. steps that Shane Beamer didn't have to check off on his resume in order to become a head coach in the SEC. That's, I mean, that shows Beamer getting a job in the SEC with no coordinator experience shows that miracles are possible for all of us, right? And he's done some good things. He's done some good things. He's recruited well. He has fan base buy-in, right? He's helped to change the culture. But at some point, brother, the results matter. And I just keep asking Gamecock fans, hey, when are are the results going to matter to you? Because it wasn't last year. I'll say this. I'll say this real quick. I I think that it's going to take some growing. Beamer's only been there three years. This is year three. I think he really needs to grow up in this offseason a little bit. And like I said about Tanner opening the checkbook, I think that Beamer has to really take a look in the mirror and say, okay, I need to hire legitimate coordinators to help me run this ship. You look at what Dabo Swinney. Dabo Swinney had Brent Venables there for God knows how long, and he was probably one of the highest-paid assistant coaches in the country. And that was that's the way you run a team. You know, Dabo, like you say, Dabo is the CEO. He puts men behind him that can help run his team. Beamer don't have that. He, he doesn't, you know. So, it's, it's, hey, it's hey Mongo. You've got to eventually – Mongo, great to hear your voice, brother. I appreciate hearing from you. Hope you and yours had a really happy Thanksgiving. Uh, That much is certain on South Carolina. Now, look, on the Clemson side of things, the way that darn defense is playing, man, right now, I'm telling you, Georgia, Michigan, Oregon would all get a game from Clemson. Now, I don't necessarily believe that Cade Klubnick has proven capable of doing enough offensively to beat them, you know, Clemson might need high 20s in terms of points scored to beat Georgia, Michigan, or Oregon. And I haven't seen from Clemson's offense, you know, you scored 16 points against South Carolina. I'm supposed to think you can put up 29 against Georgia, right? Now, again, a month ago, this season was once lost for Clemson, but now has been found amazing grace style. And a challenging regular season has concluded with a positive spin. You owned your hated rival yet again, right? However, and being as honest as I can be, in order for Clemson to get where it wants to be next season, a resolution at the quarterback position must be found because that garbage on Saturday night reminded me a lot of the DJ Uyunglele experience. As a matter of fact, DJ beat South Carolina with 99 yards passing. Cade beat South Carolina with exactly... 100 yards passing Clemson is coaching in a way to hide their quarterback you know and again that's what's humiliating from a Gamecock standpoint Clemson was able to hide its quarterback and was still never threatened by you this is a team right now that needs a star at quarterback to win games you you have to have it you don't have enough skilled position players Elite skill position players, your best wide receiver as a freshman. You got to have a star level quarterback to go out there and make this team look good and look powerful on offense. 
and they don't. They don't have a star-level quarterback right now. I don't know if Cade could ever be a star-level quarterback. You know, they, they they talked in the broadcast, Mark, about turning him into a game manager. And once Cade, you know, sort of embraced the role of being a game manager, things started to pick up for Clemson. That's not what they need. They can't win big games against better teams with game manager quarterbacks. This ain't yeah. Alabama where you got guys who are so good that they can make a bad quarterback look better. Yeah, no, look, uh, Clemson first beat Alabama because Deshaun Watson was the best player on the field. Clemson dominated Alabama because Trevor Lawrence was the best player on the field. You can't, you, you know, you might be able to win the ACC with a game manager quarterback, right? But you're not going to beat Michigan. You're not going to beat Georgia. You're not going to beat Oregon with that being the case. You can't play that kind of close to the vest style. Do I blame Clemson for doing what they had to do to win the game? Absolutely not. But you're also really cognizant of the fact that, like, next season, unless something changes at that position, right, either Kate improves or a more dynamic option comes forward, Christopher Vazina really develops in the offseason enough to the point where he can take the reins, it, like, we're going to be spinning our wheels. This is going to sound like a broken record. Man, Clemson with three losses again. Clemson with four losses again, right? It's going to feel like that. And perhaps the most damning piece of um, piece of evidence is that Cade Klubnik has not been better than DJ. He's been worse, you know? Last year, I don't know what we saw uh, that when Cade took over for North Carolina in the North Carolina ACC championship game last year. I don't know what that was. Because I haven't seen that Cade Klubnik since that game. You know, I have seen a mistake-prone guy that throws the ball to the wrong places, that gets happy feet, that can't follow instruction. You know, like it's just this is not what Clemson signed up for at all. And how is it that that this situation is repeating itself? Because that sounds exactly like what happened with DJ Uyunglele. He looked fantastic against Notre Dame a few years ago on the road, even though they lost that game. He gets the job as the starter, and things fall apart. Just like you said, he's throwing into bad coverages. He's getting happy feet. He's not showing us over the course of a season what he was able to show us in one game. He is regressing, man. He is regressing, and that is that, unfortunately, is the fact, Jack. Let's catch up on some of what you guys are saying. Uh, let's see here. Mark, South Carolina didn't gain one yard of offense from the end of the first quarter until the start of the fourth quarter. Not one yard. Texter says, Mark, if anything, Clemson should have run the ball more earlier in the game. They averaged five yards a carry, and it was obvious South Carolina couldn't do anything to stop it. Uh, Texter says, Mark, stop calling it the Sunshine Showdown. Call it the Florida State-Florida game. It's hard for me to do, Texter. It's very, very hard for me to do. This is still very painful. Please respect my privacy during this difficult time, okay? <laughs> Texter says both defenses played well. Too bad that unforced error on the lateral ruined what ended up as a close game. Klubnik did what he needed to do to win. Okay, but Spencer Rattler, like if you switch the quarterbacks in that game, right, Rattler would have won as Clemson's quarterback, right? You know the answer of that to be yes. And if Klubnik was South Carolina's quarterback, I think Clemson might have won by 30, okay? Because he would have started chucking the ball up to the dogs, you know? Um, 
So if you had swapped the quarterbacks, Clemson still wins. And I think Clemson wins more comfortably. Okay? Uh, Texture says, Mark, Florida and South Carolina are going to be playing in the Scrubbing Bubbles Toilet Bowl this year. They're not even good enough for that, Texter. Not even good enough for that. They're playing Texter's- in the Ineligible. That's it. That's it. Texter says, Mark out here spitting facts. Uh, Mark, I'm a Gamecock, and I say something much different on Florida. I will share on a phone call soon. Texter says, Mark, I believe the Gators are playing the Lamecocks in the Serene Stadium High School Bowl. <laughs> Mark, the issue just isn't the record. It's the distance Kirby is betwitting, putting between Georgia and its rivals. Amen to that. Uh, curious to yours and Diesel's thoughts on the A&M head coaching hire. Great hire. Great job. You know, um, is there a name like Brian Kelly that you could get? Obviously not. So what's the next best thing? Get one of your own, right? They tried to get Dan Campbell from the Detroit Lions, couldn't get him. You know, what, what ticks you off, though, is that a month ago, Mike Elko said, guys, would you stop with this? I'm happy where I'm at. My family's happy where I'm at. Nobody tells truth to anybody, and that's why we don't believe anything anybody says anymore. Uh, Texture says, Beamer's personality compared to Muschamp is like a poor man Sweeney next to an alcoholic Bill Belichick. Uh, Mark, who do you want Florida to hire to replace Napier? I haven't given myself the luxury of thinking that far ahead right now, Texter. Yeah, it's not, you know, I, I don't think Florida's going to replace Billy Napier. I'm just telling you, I don't think he's the right guy. Texter says, Mark, Beamer needs to be gone right now. Love all the participation we're getting, folks. This is going to be an interview with fireworks. Jim Zoki joins us next on the day where Frank Reich gets canned. That's next here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, the Fan Upstate. Hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving, guys. The bombshell news today, the Carolina Panthers fire Frank Reich. No one is without fault. But the owner is now on his fifth coach in seven seasons. In my opinion, Dave Tepper is a loose cannon with zero playoff berths in seven years. Carolina made the postseason four times in five seasons before Dave Tepper arrived. Yet I never hear the owner accept accountability for what goes on. And, um, you know, I, I, I quite honestly don't feel as though there's a lot of hope for the franchise with him managing the franchise that he owns in the manner in which he is. Joining us on a difficult day for the Carolina Panthers is our good friend Jim Zoki. And, Jim, with respect to the position that you're in, I'm not in that position. And uh, I just I feel like, you know, this is just a perpetual rebuilding cycle here. I feel awful for you. I feel awful for Carolina Panthers fans. We continue, we continue to hear about Dave Tepper's meddling ways and his his poor decision making and uh i'm I'm curious jim if if today surprised you as much as it surprised many of us yeah you you saw the record you know it's one in ten and so you think well maybe he'll get through the entire season with a chance to show what could happen towards the last six games of the year or you can see what happened today so i i was i guess i'm saying i'm not surprised one way or the other could have seen at least uh, playing out through the season to see if any strides are being made but it does feel like since the uh, just to take the team aspect of it that since the houston win which was a last second field goal again 15 points again not a lot of points 
you know, they've only had 15 points or less in each of the last six point uh, games. So it just wasn't um, by anybody's standards, including Frank's, moving in a direction where things were improving. It seemed like it was just kind of more of the same, and uh, they were struggling, difficult to watch offensively while the defense and special teams were playing well. So I, I, I really, I, there's some reasons I, you know, from my standpoint that I think maybe it's a little bit of a mishmash of a coaching staff as far as guys from different organizations coming in. I think Frank was trying to meld different ideas together and bring the best out of all that. And it just didn't ever seem to come together offensively. Defenses look good. Special teams look good. But from an offensive standpoint and Bryce's development, it just doesn't really feel like it was going anywhere, even if he stuck it out through the season. Panthers color analyst Jim Zoki joins us on the show. Jim, Dave Tepper fires his head coach today, won't speak to the media today. From my seat, it looks like he's hiding and not wanting to take that that media heat immediately. We know he's had a checkered and kind of testy relationship with the media in the past. Why wait? Why not Why not tackle this thing immediately? Uh, are you aware he's got a press conference tomorrow morning, though? So tomorrow at 1030, yes. he's talking with Chris Tabor. So it's not today, but it's tomorrow morning. So they are doing it at that point. So I think it'll be interesting to see what he has to say and uh, just, uh, you know, Chris Tabor is well-respected. I know we were talking with J.J. Jansen, the long snapper, yesterday about you know, how much they love playing for Chris Tabor. Just happened to know, have no idea that a few hours later he'd be the interim head coach of the team. So we'll hear from Chris Tabor. And, uh, we'll, it was, again, as you said, interesting to hear what Dave Tepper has to say. The record hasn't been good during this administration. So people are going to want answers. It's not going to come um, immediately as far as big-picture ideas. Obviously, they'll do a full-on coaching search and I'm sure they'll be limited in you know what kind of direction they'll reveal in terms of a press conference setting Jim Zoki Panthers color analyst joining us here on offsides Mark Ryan and Diesel the fan upstate if you were advising Dave Tepper on the next hire Jim what would you what would you tell him you know I would think you know, for one thing you, you want to see exactly everybody on the same page you know general manager who the coach is going to be Football people making football decisions works best. Um, so, obviously, they sped a lot to get to Bryce Young. I think, you know, along different parts of this league, I think a lot of folks think that you can get a lot more out of Bryce Young than what you've seen so far. And I think no one knows exactly what is that ceiling going to be, but you do have to give that kid, you know, everything he needs in terms of scheme, protection from the offensive line, weapons to work with. From my standpoint – it reminds me a little bit in terms of like what would work best for him, like a, like a Tua down in Miami, uh, because he's got the quick release and he is accurate. There's a lot of similar traits uh, outside of not being left-handed that are kind of like Tua's and then what has worked in Miami. So, you know, you do need somebody that can put him in a position where that works for him. And he can get out of the pocket and, and run a little bit more than Tua can, no doubt about that. Uh, but somebody that's going to like really, you know, understand what it is that he brings to the table and work with that, whatever that ceiling is. And we don't know. So as we sit here today, we don't know you know, how good or, you know, great he could be. And uh, I think just getting the most out of him with the right kind of coach, that does not have to be the head coach, but a head coach that puts him in a position with a coordinator and a quarterback's coach on that side of the ball that can make him successful. Jim Zoki joining us here on the show. Predictably, Jim, fans are now clamoring for Steve Wilkes. He did good things with the team last year, given the situation that he was put in. Given your knowledge of that relationship, the way it went down with Steve not getting the job, is Steve Wilkes even remotely an option if they can work it out with contracts? I think it's an interesting question. I don't know what Tepper's interest is. I don't know what Steve Wilkes's uh, interest would be. You know, Steve obviously wants to be a head coach and has shown that uh, in this situation here, 
Uh, he proved himself to be very capable during those 12 games last year. And he's from here. So uh, there are certainly some things that are enticing to him. Uh, but the way things finished here, you know, would, would he want to come back? Uh, would Tepper, you know, want to admit a mistake, basically, and, and bring him back? Um, I think he would want to do whatever's best for success for the team. If you think that's the best route to go, uh, then that's all that should go to the side. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when George Steinbrenner used to hire and fire guys like Billy Martin all the time. It became like four or five times where he'd bring the same people back. And, you know, Marty Herney had do, two different stints here as a general manager for the team. So I would not close the door on that. I, I respect Steve Wilkes a lot. I would be excited if he was a, a candidate to, to be the head coach, but I have no idea either from his standpoint or the owner's standpoint, uh, you know, where they feel about that. Uh, and certainly they're going to explore a lot of options, I would think, uh, beyond that once it gets to the end of the season. A tough day for the Carolina Panthers organization, a tough season for the Carolina Panthers organization. Jim Zoki, color analyst, has been with us every single step of the way. We appreciate you greatly, Jim. Hope you and yours had a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Mark. All right. Take care. Jim Zoki, Carolina Panthers. All right. Up next, folks. We will give you in chronological order where and how all of these missteps have taken place because the arrows keep coming back at the same person. And it's just the worst place to be overall as a fan. That's next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, the show that gives you both sides right here on the Fan Upstate. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.